a podcast brought to you by Energy Live News. Well, that went really bloody well, didn't it? Why didn't the video work? Might be to do with the sangria he's had a little bit earlier on. Hello, welcome. It is Friday, it is four o'clock. It is the last short fuse of the year. I really don't know what to say. It's been a strange week at ELN Towers. Started off with the youngest member, both in terms of age and also time in the company, deciding to go and get pissed at the weekend and deciding to come to work and then suddenly say that she had low blood pressure okay. and faint. How did that go to you? Did that go well? I do have low blood pressure. Yeah, yeah. And was it to do with the 17 vodkas you'd necked on the Sunday? It wasn't vodka. No, it wasn't vodka. There you go. And then, and then, shut up because you're coming up next. And then the weirdo, I mean, look, this is super groomer, but you wait till you see Johnny's. But the weirdo in the corner decided uh, to try and, how do I put it? Spice things up. No, not spice things up. Decided to do a, uh, a morning bulletin as if he was a strong man from the Victorian era who had the muscles of a famine victim from 1984's Ethiopia crisis. Didn't go down too well with me, so let's put it that way. Apart from that, it's been all right. Spud Boy hasn't annoyed me much this week. I don't think so. And I don't know what Pree's whispering about, but something's happening anyway. Can we get on with the show? Uh, can we do the letter of the week, please, Robert? S. And that sort of ends our little phrase over the last few weeks or does it we may continue it in the new year but uh, there you go s for letter of the week uh finally uh hello podcasters i hope you are well i don't know if anyone's listening in uh utah i think we've got a few people in texas according to rob and uh we've been doing a bit more podcasting lately and hopefully you'll be able to hear soon johnny's piece on arsenal is that right yeah very good Yes, so we'll do a, a bit more podcasting. And in fact, next year, we're going to do plenty more. Uh, we think that it's a great format. And I know that uh, for a lot of people who can't watch YouTube or Twitter at work, then, you know, listening to a podcast is easy, surreptitious. So we'll be doing plenty more of that. So this is a special because obviously it's the last one of the year. And there have been some big stories this year, um, some big stuff going on even this week. But if you looked at what happened this year, so we had the... Uh, the Beast from the East, the beginning of the year. We had uh, the announcement of the price rises. Uh, you can make me smaller, but... So there's Greg Clark there talking about the, uh, the whole stuff. We've had the oil prices, which you saw. I mean, that graph is amazing what's happened. You know, the dip and then the rise over the last year. David Attenborough bringing plastics to enormous consciousness. I mean, who would have thought that, you know, in January last year, a simple shot of a, a whale with a bit of plastic in its mouth and a turtle with a straw up its nose would change policy. The EV stuff, the Electric Vehicle Task Force being launched, a really, really big uh, part of what happened this year. And then obviously, there we had Claire Perry who spoke at our, uh, our conference and the fracking debate. So the fracking debate has been going on for, God knows, pretty much as long as we've been going on. And finally, we had some fracking underway. And then, you know, the, the story, as I said, with the weather story, that really was one that showed you the precariousness of how uh, our reserves are because we had the, the warning about how quickly it would be before we ran out of power. Pollution, ongoing, 
stories even this week about how much pollution there was going on, particularly in parts of the world. I think there was a whole piece about um, Beijing again. And then, you know, Brexit to end with. So let's have a look at what this year has been. So I think it's been one of the most uh, turbulent years since we've been going, really, because if you look at um, what we've done in the last sort of uh, eight, not even not even year, actually, eight months, compared to probably the last time I think we had this much change was the year we started, 2010, because we had the introduction of the electricity market reform. And if you look at some of these things, these are all trends that are all based on the same thing. The same thing is cutting out our generation. So we have cut our generation, which has meant we have cut our supply of coal, obviously. We've also decided that we were going to cut back on general fossil fuels and things like rough, our storage system for gas has closed over the last 18 months. We've had uh, the huge uh, pressures of Brexit and Brexit uncertainty, which just continues. I mean, continues in a mad way, and we'll find out on the tele debate next week what on earth is going on. She's got her deal. Will anyone back it in this country? And what does that mean for even more uncertainty for the energy sector? So you have political uncertainty, you have financial uncertainty driving prices and price spikes. You then have that thing that we can never control the weather. And you saw with the beast from the east how powerful it can be when you get a weather front that we're not prepared for and you add in the issues of not dangerous levels of security of supply but definitely the issues of concerns around the levels of security supply and you have problems. We're in a situation where this country now sits on very, very lean. It's like, uh, you know, it's, it's kind of margins are so tight. We're just always there and we're okay. But if you suddenly get a big issue like we had in February, March with, with, the, with the weather, you suddenly have reserves going down. Now, pre-covered, uh, um, I think it was a, a plant down in uh, Kent, which is kind of a rapid startup plant, right? And these sort of things have been developed, these plants that will just come online and help with the capacity. We'll talk about that stuff later. But this year has shown you that all the measures that we've talked about over the last five, six years can come to bite. And you can also see the other main driver being this change, incredible change in electric vehicles. So 2010, we started, EVs were a blip. You know, we covered them because they were kind of quirky and odd. Probably the last two years, they've been covered for the fact of, you know, Tesla sexiness and cars look cool or whatever. And Johnny will be talking a bit about that later. But you've really seen over the last year, EVs as not only a form of transport but a real player in the energy storage picture and so we're now having companies who are at our conference in November looking at investing in the battery technology for storage using EVs that used to be you know part of their transport system you know their kind of fleet option now being part of their energy system and I think this is going to be an enormous driver over the next year or so because we'll see more and more of a technology that gives you the ability to store energy. Once you can store energy, then all the generation that we're proving towards uh, from renewable power becomes much more effective. So for example, if you take a big distributor and they've got solar panels on their roof, and then during the day uh, they're taking the power, but they're storing it in batteries which they use for their electric fleet, well think about that. You've got the energy stored, you can fly, uh, use it to power your fleet, but if your fleet comes home 
and that night discharges back into that storage system, you've got that power should you need it for your business. So I think that will be a real big changer. And the other thing that I think this year is um, the fracking debate. Now, fracking has been going on pretty much uh, forever, okay? This idea that it's a brand new thing is not true. We've been doing this and we've told you here on Energy Live News, it's a technology we've been using since the 1930s in this country, So, and it's been going on. If you look at the picture globally, what has been the biggest change in the energy kind of dynamic globally has been the independence of the USA. And that energy independence, where they're now a net exporter, can you believe it? The world's biggest gas guzzlers and now a net exporter has become about because of the shale gas revolution. Now, I'm not saying shale gas is the answer for us, but if you look at where we are with the pressures of Brexit, we've got the pressures of gas uh, uncertainty in terms of storage, we've got the lack of plants that are generating all kind of uh, thermal fossil fuel plants. You've got to have some form of energy independence and maybe fracking could be an answer. We're never going to have it at the levels that America has. We haven't got that kind of topography or geology, but we could have a small enough system, well maybe not small, maybe a significant enough system to work with uh, the, the, old Nash, uh, the um, North Sea gas. And so if you look at it, I think the fact that Quadrilla eventually got the go-ahead, despite all the issues around the kind of tremors and stuff, and again, Pri will talk about that later. I think that's been a real big thing this year. And finally, the price cap. I mean, if you look at it, it's coming in. Um, it's a policy that I've always said I disagree with because I just don't think it'll be fair. It sounds great. You put a price cap on and you say, guys, you're not going to pay any more than that. But are you telling me these companies aren't going to make their margin somewhere. So the deals that may have been offered, the money that might be for uh, sort of energy efficiency will have to be diverted because all of these major players have lots and lots of shareholders who want return for value. And if you can't operate in a free market, which is what we're supposed to have, then you've got an issue there. And I think the price cap could come back to bite the government because to see how it comes into fruition over the next six months, I think will be very, very interesting. And just before I bring the reporters, one last thing that's happened. Just over the last, probably what, five, six weeks, the number of suppliers that have closed down? Yeah, so we've seen, you know, at the start of this year, we were talking about energy choice. It was all the thing. We did a story at the end of last year where Energy UK had said, switching has gone up because we've got so many new suppliers. We talked to you last year all about new energy companies like uh, uh, Robin Hood Energy up in Nottingham. There was a Hackney one. There was one in Islington. Loads of little companies forming. They were all forming in a time of price stability. What you now have is a time of price volatility. And we've seen so many of them collapse literally in the last six to eight weeks. Uh, the latest one being Extra Energy and what was the other one called? Smog. And if you think about that, what does that tell you? You've had, guess who, stepping in to pick up the uh, customers? One of the big six. And whatever we may think about the big six, that is the thing. They have the history, you know, since 1989 from a deregulated market of dealing with customers and customer problems and issues and absorbing the cost. Because when you get a price fluctuation, if your margins are very tight, the moment that price doesn't make sense for you when you're buying your energy, you're at a loss. And your customers won't accept an increased price point. What is the option? You go bust. 
where does that leave the consumer in a terrible state? So I actually think over the next year we'll see more of these companies collapse. I think there will be a balancing point where, and I'm not saying small suppliers don't have a role, I absolutely believe they do, but they've got to be robust enough to have the ability to withstand these price fluctuations and in case of uh, extra energy particularly, one of the big criticisms about them was their incredibly poor customer service. Again, comes down to whether you have the infrastructure to do it. So Ofgem are introducing rules about tightening up who can be a supplier over the next few years. I think that's a damn good thing. And I also think that we'll get to a stage where you will have fewer suppliers than you have now, but you'll probably have smaller ones who are more robust. And that's probably the right way to go. So it's been a damn interesting year. I think it's been one that we've seen uh, so much change that's going to take us in various directions. And of course, who knows what the hell's going to happen on the 29th of March next year. So that'll be a, a real game changer. But now let's bring in the reporting team for the Banter Box. Right, can you get in? Are we all, are we all snugged? You'll have to move. I'm going to go this way. Let me go this way. And there we go. That's it. Then yeah. we've got Johnny in. Okay. So your sandwich between two disgusting moustaches. <laughs> yes. That's Horrible. Nice to be. Which one's the one that wins? I don't like either. <laughs> the most kissable. The more fluffy. Although mine, Christina said to me, why is it growing out at an angle? It looks like one of those, you know those hairy caterpillars? They kind of do that though. Yeah, I've been sure. shaving my extra bit here. Have you? Yeah. You've been trimming it. Yeah. Are you glad to see the end of these? I am actually. I want to see Who what said you I'm look getting you're... rid of it? Oi, oi. <laughs> Just imagine that. You're going to look like little children on Monday when you see you. Handsome beasts. Um, what do you think of my summary of the year, kids? I think you covered everything. Agree, disagree? Uh, no, I think, yeah, it is uh, the most turbulent year, but next year is probably going to be even worse <laughs> yeah, with Brexit. Brexit yeah. Um, yeah. So, yeah, let's see what next year's summary looks like. So you've been out and about covering stories over the year. Let's do our pre and Johnny stories of the year. Ladies first, what's your first one? <laughs> God, what's with the accent? I think I'll do that with his voice now, with <laughs> no, his tash. No, please. Um, okay, first up, this story kind of blew me away. Uh, in the way that I, it, I wouldn't say it's my favorite story of the no. year, but I picked this because I was shocked when I wrote this story. Um, and it's about an island in Scotland. Oh, yeah. Okay. Look at that. The world's biggest ne cliff. I've never been there. I think it's the world's biggest cliff. I would love to go that? and film. <laughs> You're talking to such rubbish. Right, so I'm here to I'm here to talk about this story and I've got two guys Yeah, go on, go on, prick. Um, interrupting. Sorry about that. So Fair Island, Scotland, um, wasn't never powered by electricity for 24 hours every day. So it used to be power. You used to have power only between 7:30 uh, a.m. in the morning and 11:30 at night. That's and good. And That's only recently. So yeah. what would they do if they really needed power at three in the morning? Well, you Just use a, a generator. Generators must be. Or yeah. a candle. Or a candle. <laughs> <laughs> you might walk in over those cliffs with a candle. Or a All right. Light. <laughs> kerosene light. Where's the Lamp. sheep? Um, Where is this place? How far? So it's in between Orkney and Shetland. Okay. That's not that far, actually. And it's only home to 55 people. <gasps> oh! Which is crazy. Why do you like your neighbours there? <laughs> You're quite far away You're quite far away. Yeah, yeah. I was going to say. There's loads of space. 55 people. Yeah. How, how come you can only get it for a certain amount of time? Do we because know? they didn't have enough capacity, so they didn't have the infrastructure in place. 
But now, because uh, yeah. they've got solar panels, they've got wind turbines, along with battery storage, um, for the first time ever, I think it was sometime in uh, October, 12th of October, was when they started getting... Um, wow, that's, that's quite a sicky shot, isn't it? Makes you feel like you're getting... Crazy you get sweaty wow. hands. That's brilliant. So that's really interesting. That here we have a part of the UK that still did not, until this year, And I didn't know that power. until I, wrote the, I read the story. And I thought this was only common in developing, developing nations. Na nations and yeah, you hear about that's, energy that's access why. in Africa and stuff. Yeah, that's why we write about it and where I'm from. It's in very Nepal peaceful well. looking at this, isn't it? Uh, right, moving on. Jonathan. Yeah, Johnny, so your favourite. Early this week, I was flexing my muscles on uh, Periscope. <laughs> <laughs> Those muscles, they don't come from nowhere. Uh, the, I actually grew these guns. In London's Eco Gym. Where's your. You need to come In Terra Hale. The Terra Hale Eco Gym. No, but where's, where's your um, sleeveless top? No, no, it, no. It's, it's, been it's been banned by the boss because he's it's jealous. Right, anyway, get on with it. Uh, yeah, so basically, we went to the Eco Gym, uh, Terra Hale. This like, is the most exercise Johnny's ever done in his life. Come on, the, the muscles speak for themselves. Oh my God. Uh, but yeah, yeah so basically, <laughs> it's an eco gym where there's, you know, all the plastic bottles <laughs> that they have there uh, are not plastic, they're made of bamboo. Yeah. The, these running, this cycling spinning machine I was on, it generates electricity for the gym. Yep. Uh, the weights are all made of recycled car tires, and, you know, the rowing machines actually, instead of some electrical input to offer resistance, they use And this water. was the guy who you met, and he had an app on yeah, the bike. Yeah, Michael didn't he? Homola is his name, and he's the founder and owner of these gyms. And these bikes had an app. So Set right? them up. Yeah, the, the app links so it tells you how far you've gone, the electricity you've saved there. So that's um, the guy. And where does that power go? Did that power go to the power of the at gym? At the moment, it? it just goes into the. Well, no, sorry, maybe not at the moment, but when we went there, yeah. it went into just powering the lights and machinery in the gym. Uh, and I asked him, does it have, are you thinking of battery storage? Uh, which is where the downside of this comes in. I think it's gone really sustainable from the get-go, but obviously that has high upfront costs. Mm. So he wasn't able to afford batteries because so, you know, mm. he's, he's already spent so much money on going green. Also, uh, isn't it expensive for someone to join it as well, though? Yeah, because it was he's got to make up it? his costs. So yeah. it'd be quite interesting to go back and do a follow-up shoot. Because uh, I think if he did get batteries there, and he could use that money to sell back yeah. to the grid, maybe then it would be a more sustainable business model. Mm. But yeah. it was an interesting one because I mean you know they you've got water for the um, for the rowing machine and all yeah. that and I think it just shows you uh, people are coming up with weird ideas you know really interesting innovative ideas for yeah. how they can be sustainable and that one I think is particularly well intentioned as well a lot of them mm. are CSR exercises where mm. it's just a bit of fluff really to actually look like they're going green these companies but that gym was definitely the prior the main focus was save the world the next focus was save money so so hopefully unfortunately one they think well. one thing they couldn't do is save johnny's body but hey that was <laughs> part of the score pretty your next one right so my next one is about fracking you touched on Three. it earlier um and it was about quadrilla's fracking project in Look lancashire that. we love that rig we've, we've seen that uh, rig so many times yeah i think that was the one in blackpool yeah right? it was fracking wasn't it in blackpool so fracking was given the go-ahead as you said recently um, and it's the first project, fracking project in the UK in seven years. Uh, and Quadrilla announced this year, a uh, few weeks ago, that uh, first shale gas was produced from their site uh, in Lancashire at Preston New Road. Um, and that was on the 2nd of November. And what Quadrilla said was obviously it's very significant for the UK uh, and they expect to continue uh, the process. And I mean, more. there's still people at all a massive uh, protest against it. But what did you think about this, you know, 
it's not like the world has completely shifted on its axis. I mean, I it? think one of the things um, we have to point out is, I know we've run stories about the minor tremors. Yeah. But when you say a tremor, obviously you think of an earthquake. Of and course. you think, oh, there's going to be devastation. The, the, the outcome isn't going to be very good. Um, but these tremors were very minor. Um, and it could be equivalent to say there was a bag of sand yeah. threw it on the ground yeah, and literally that's the extent to which the tremor... Yeah, I mean, look, uh, there are, I think there are absolutely legitimate safety concerns about fracking, but mm. this is being done with geological survey, with all the government yeah. rules, and remember the minister when she was at our conference yeah. speaking about it. Is it that much she, worse than a really polluting coal plant? Well, anyway, yeah, absolutely. Yeah. So I think that the fracking one, you know, hey, Oh, who am I to say? We don't have one right here in Muswell Hill. If we did, maybe we'd all be out there going, we don't want one. Yeah. But I think that there's an element where there's some facts and there's some analysis mm. and then there's the media hype and there's also just criticism for the sake of it. But, um, you as know, long as I guess it's done safely. Yeah, I think, um, it's, I think it's got to be done sensitively and safely mm. and if the local community want it. If they don't yeah, want it, then, then there shouldn't be a plan. Yeah, exactly. For me, personal view, but it's lesser of two evils as well yeah. because if we don't have fracking, then it's all well and good saying, oh, yeah, let's be green. But if we have to buy our energy off uh, you know, other companies that might not have our political interests absolutely. at heart, yeah. then I think we're better off fracking. Yeah, absolutely. So, you think about it for sure. Yeah. Um, right, so Jonas, what's up next? Yeah, my next story is kind of a combination one. Uh, I brought, you know, it's like show and tell. Oh so my God, my here we go. So my favourite books I like reading are science fiction books, like this one here. I haven't started reading it yet. Robert Heinlein. It's a combination between uh, the Tesla story earlier yes. this year, where they sent a car to Mars, and also the Baz Look Lans that. The, Yeah, so this Look is that. the Tesla. You're listening on the podcast. It's the picture. Don't ask. Uh, it's a picture of the Tesla with a white sort of Stig-type figure that was floating up in space. Space man. Right. Yes. So there are three things here which I'm, I'm interested in. Go on. A sports car, which is an electric sports car being sent to Mars. Pretty futuristic. Well done, Jamie. Like that one. We've got a nuclear reactor, Baz Landsdorp, uh, yes. CEO of Mars One, saying that we could be sending a nuclear reactor to Mars. Right. And Baz Landsdorp also said we could be building solar one day a solar panel factory on Mars. Yeah. Yes. So those three things, if you think about them, how futuristic are those? That's crazy. Um, any of those three and let's see if he knows any facts. <laughs> and what's happened this week? Uh, what the Mars thing landed and took a selfie and sent it back. <laughs> that photo, the Mars you, thing oh, landed. On me. This was actually the subject of a family debate around the Bearstow dinner table. Which is the NASA probe Insight, I think it's called. Is it called yeah, Insight? Yeah, landed. Landed. And did you know? Go on. This is amazing. So that probe, the main one of the main functions of it is to measure tremors. Yes. Uh, mm. And like seismic activity going on inside the planet, and the. So it's so sensitive that it could detect a human being walking on the opposite side of the planet. Hey, and imagine that machinery, with the fracking. And machinery oh. that sensitive has been landed on Mars after travelling at 16,000 miles an hour through space. Crazy, isn't it? Yeah, it's pretty crazy. The future is here. Human achievement. Yeah. And Johnny will be taking so a trip think, to I Mars with Mars. So the point of this, why it's my favourite, <laughs> yes. is science fiction is now our reality. Oh. <laughs> Did your science fiction story have the creepy bloke in a moustache in it? They always do. Yeah, they are. Absolutely. You can put Robert Mack on. He does look creepy. He does creepy well. And then your last one. Last one um, is about uh, the UK setting a new rec record this year. And um, it's about <sighs> renewables. It's about renewable energy because the UK went on three days without using coal power. So this was earlier in April. 
uh, for three days, 72 hours or just over 72 hours uh, on the 21st of April. Um, and most, uh, most of the generation came from gas-fired power stations, <laughs> uh, wind turbines, as you can see behind us, uh, offshore turbines, um, nuclear power, and as well as solar as well. Um, and earlier this month as well, we reached a new milestone because renewables overtook fossil fuels. Yep. First time ever. Yep. Uh, so it was a new record. Uh, yeah, and wind farms, as I mean, I'm sure everyone knows already that it's the, has the biggest share in terms of renewables. Mm -hmm. Followed by solar and it's been a great year for hippies. <laughs> <laughs> or um, also known as the sustainable energy environment. Yes, yes. it has been a good so year for it's hippies. Been, it's been a great year for renewable energy, I, I'd say. Yeah, yeah, no, I think that's fair so play. Going, and I think you know, if you uh, you know, if you look at all the things, you know, these are all footage that this is footage that we've gathered over the years and you used to go and see like it was a special thing to go and shoot a solar panel. Yeah. And now they're bl and bloody now they're everywhere. everywhere. You see them on, if you you're down any motorway or train line, you see solar a panels. A lot of my neighbours have now, solar panels on their roofs. You get one? Well, I was, well the feed-in tariff's been reduced, but... Uh, it's so not about know. money, Pre. It's about the planet. <laughs> yeah. It's all about the planet. Well, we got to pay our mortgage. How about you, posh boy? Uh, well, I'm not... When do, you get, when do you get Dad to pay for it? Malcolm, um, he wants a solar panel for Christmas. Well, we, on our home energy deal, we are on a renewable only supply. Oh. I won't mention which but, one because there are multiple on the uh, market. Of course. No, but Johnny, uh, Johnny's moving out soon. So Johnny's never moving he's, out. He doesn't want to. He, he won't I'll leave. I'll be with my mum until I'm 40, 45. <laughs> Without that. So. Without well, that the moustache, definitely. <laughs> he's going to make sure that Liz folds his underpants for him still. Is that right? And does his laundry. Definitely does his laundry. No, I do everything other than cook. Oh, I doubt that, Johnny. Please, that wasn't it. Well, well the that, that's not what we've heard in the past, mate. Well, well, we'll call her up. Yeah, let's get her on. I tell you what, we should get her on after this is done. Um, and your last one of the year. Uh, my last one of the year. I love football, so uh, I went to the Arsenal. This, there you go, Matt Allen from. Uh, and he does look quite like Yeah, there you yeah. go. So you went over to the stadium, and what have they done? Because Arsenal have had mm. some stuff with like LED lights, haven't they, for yeah. a while? Well, they've had a renewable contract with Octopus Energy for a while. Yeah. They've also done a few energy efficiency upgrades, like the LED lights yeah. you see yeah. on the screen. Uh, but obviously, a big pizza. You know, all of this can only go so far without batteries. So yes. they've installed those batteries you see there. 2 megawatts at the moment, it's going to be 3 megawatts, but it can basically run the stadium for at least the length of a whole match. So it's actually for the stadium to be used, not yeah, like yeah. for EV charging or anything like that? It's actually... Uh, it can, so it can, it's everything in the stadium, they actually have EV chargers yes. in the stadium, so yeah, it would cover those. But yeah, it's quite nice, because sometimes you go to these things and they say, oh, we're generating enough power to supply the whole stadium, mm. and then you find out that it's although really. they are, yeah, it's yeah. all just going back to the grid, and it's not quite the same. But this is being directly used to supply the lights, the cookers for burgers, the lighting in the bars at half-time, the lights on the stadium, oh, everything. Nice. The EV chargers in the car park. Yeah, excellent. So that's, I think it can run for two hours and cover all of the stadium's needs. But what does that prove? Uh, proves a bunch of things, uh, such as... Let's see. Well, I think also, so Let's just think commercially, what does it prove? It proves for a massive business, like yeah, yeah. how big, you they're, know... They're the first Premier League football club to yeah. do it, and yeah. they don't mess around with this stuff unless no. it makes economic sense. Correct. Uh, so obviously they've realised we can make... I think a big part of it's probably we can make extra money selling energy back to the grid. Yeah. Correct. Uh, with, you know, demand-side response and helping the grid become more flexible, which helps the whole of the UK's energy infrastructure. And it obviously helps them as well um, you know, good publicity, 
bit of extra cash. No, but I think it proves... They don't need to pay their own. You know, because I, I think about the delegates you guys met at our expo. Mm. Yeah. Many big businesses, and whatever happens, at the end of the day, we can do things individually, but it's when businesses start changing, then they change everything for us. Well, you can so imagine, you, in a, in a, yeah. probably in about six months' time, all of the Premier League clubs are going, oh, yeah, crap, Arsenal's done it. We we'll all do, do it. it or exactly. Look awful. And also, yeah. you think about it, if all big supermarkets suddenly had 50 to 60 charging points... And Tesco's mm. done that this they're week. Doing that they're this doing week. it. Yeah. So you're then changing people's behaviour and go, oh, actually, I can go, and while I'm actually doing my yeah. shopping for an hour, get my car charged. Yeah. So I think that this... And, and they did it because they really can see a, a financial... Forget the, the eco side of it. Well, they it has can to make economic sense, yeah. doesn't it? They have so, to make money at the end of the day, yeah. so exactly. the investment. So there you go. I think a big shift there. Yeah. And before we go, Elpa, they will be all at Elpa. So let's show the video of the boat. Dun, dun, dun. So Elpa, and you just scroll forward on this video anyway. So Elpa 2017, <laughs> which was at the James Bond Museum, was a right a laugh. It was a lovely film museum. Oh. And this year we're on the Silver Sturgeon. I hope to be there. If not... Beautiful Silver Sturgeon. These two will be presented. Are you looking forward to it? Yeah, I've never been on a boat party, so I'm excited. What, not even in your posh days? Nah. No. You, you won't really be partying, John. You'll be working. Well, yeah. <laughs> Works, uh, Works enough for me. Works enough. <laughs> and you're ready to uh, present the awards? Well, we'll have to wait and we'll find out if you're you presenting will. or you'll not. You'll be doing it. You'll be doing it. I'll get I'm, you assuming, I'm assuming we'll do it. And then On assume the it turns morning. up to save the day, literally. Then he'll be there. No, exactly. But they'll be doing it. And God help us, Jeff might be doing it as well. So uh, in all the sense of saying, we managed to say, uh, it's a bit of an early bow out because, uh, frankly, we should be doing one in December. But we've got a lot on. But we will do a Christmas video. Is that right, Robert? Mm -hmm. He's working on one. So we'll uh, try but, and get you one of those. Uh, can't people... can. People still buy tickets, right, for Alpha? They can, but it's going very fast. So if you do so want a ticket... There's a few tickets left, and you have to email tickets at energylivenews.com for that. Tickets at .com. Yeah. Anyway, um, happy Christmas, guys. Merry Christmas. Merry moustache. Merry moustache. Last we'll be day gone. of the moustache. It'll be the last day of the moustache. Uh, we'll see you on uh, from everyone, the entire crew, from Alex, who's left. George has left this year. Tia, who's joined us. Mad Harry, soldiers. who's joined us. Robbo, who keeps spudding away. The little ginger nuts in the corner, and of course, Jeff. We will say, have a great one. We'll see Take you care. next year. Bye-bye. Have a good Christmas.